Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue yep. in some well-doing seat, nope. for glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell us? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Thank you. 
choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I heard Satan. Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. Alright, alright, alright. You gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. You gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. <clears throat> shalom, 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 shalom. And good morning. <clears throat> to the 12 tribes worldwide. Yahweh, I saw me, I was shy. So I can sum in the ancient federal Hebrew greeting. May the Most High, uh, in the name of His Son, Yahweh Shai, bless each and every one of y'all. Welcome to another episode of Bible Talk. My name is Masaba, one of the teachers here. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Um, I am broadcasting live right now from my apartment here in San Antonio. Uh, and I'd like to give a shout-out to all our, our, our brother locations uh, here in San Antonio. We have the Sword of Truth, uh, San Antonio, which is located at 4444 Walls Street, number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 7218, the address here. Uh, they have classes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m., and then on Saturdays from 10 a.m., uh, starting at 10 a.m., all right? Uh, you can check them out on YouTube. Their YouTube channel is Sword of Truth San Antonio, all right? Then we have uh, our, our brother school in Houston, in the Houston area which is the SOW Houston, Texas, meaning it stands for the Stream of Wisdom. And it's located at 231 Evan Road 1092, Stafford, Texas, 77477 being the address there. They have classes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. From, um, on Mondays and Wednesdays, it's from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. On Fridays, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then on Saturdays as well, they have a class from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And you catch them live on YouTube every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And again, this is Central Standard Time on their YouTube channel, um, SOW Houston, Texas, Stream of Wisdom. Uh, for our school in Norfolk, in the Norfolk, uh, Virginia area, uh, it's located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, been the address there. They have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And on Saturdays, you catch them at 12 noon. Again, now their times in Norfolk it's Eastern Standard Time, uh, since they're, they're, they're from Virginia. They're out there in Virginia, all right? Uh, you catch them live on Facebook Live every Tuesday and Thursday uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then the SOW, Stream of Wisdom, North Virginia, YouTube channel, uh, uh, Friday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And on Saturdays, starting at 12 noon. For our school in Rochester, uh, the SOW Rochester, uh, Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom, located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, Suite Number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606, being the address there. And you can catch them every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on YouTube from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then on Saturdays also at 10 a.m. for their classes there in Rochester. So shout out to to, uh, to all, all the brothers and all the families, to, to, to the brother uh, Zion uh, up there in Rochester, uh, and here the crew he's got holding it down to a Kazakia and Arya and the brother Bahar and Shaquat doing a great job on on their videos. I'll check them out. And for that brother Arya, shout out to you, Art. Um, I need to hold up some one of your, your your videos that you've done. 
Brothers and sisters, um, from Norfolk, on a YouTube channel called Hidden Books, um, what they've done is they've put, they're putting the book, the Apocrypha, on black screen, and it's on YouTube. So if you need something to help you go to sleep at night, something to be in the background where, um, where you can be hearing scriptures, and, and, uh, but it's on a black screen, they have put that together. So please check out Hidden Books. Uh, on YouTube, and the best way you can find it, um, if you don't go to my link in, on Facebook, is go to YouTube, um, Hidden Books, and just uh, type in First Ezra's, E-S-D-R-A-S, Hidden Books, Hidden Books, and I'll take you to the to the um, the YouTube page. Uh, like, share, subscribe, hit the hit the uh, the notification bell, and it, they've done a great job with that. It's fantastic. And the brother Ariel's voice, he's got that that masculine, very clear voice. I mean, like like Christ has a voice of many waters. Ariel, he just has that voice. So you definitely want to check it out, brother and sisters. Him, Kazaki, and the brothers out there, uh, the families out there in Norfolk, did one hell of a job with that right there. Uh, to our brothers there in Houston, the brother Lakarab, the brother Kwakuzak, um, the, the brother. Um, all these names just, just in that quick of an instant, they just vanished from me. Check them out. <laughs> That's what I want to say. I can't, oh, all, all the names just, just disappeared. And then from San Antonio, uh, obviously, the brother Warner Iron, uh, the brother uh, Shemshwan, the brother W.I., uh, along with the brother Shane in San Antonio, doing a one hell of a job. Check everybody out. And a good opportunity for you to check out any of the schools is coming up December 7th. All right, coming December 7th. December 7th. Is at sundown is the high, is the holy day of Hanukkah, right? It's the, the feast of dedication, which will be sundown December seventh, um, two thousand twenty-three. That's when it starts, and it will end sundown December fifteenth uh, as uh, sundown. Uh, as for Hanukkah, so check out any of the school locations. Um, uh, get in contact with them. Get, uh, go go there. And let's get ready to celebrate the dedication as we get ready to rededicate ourselves like our forefathers did during the time of the Maccabees when the temple had been torn down and been defiled. And the most I gave us the opportunity and, 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 and the privilege to go up and clean our temple up and rededicate our service to him. So we honor that, um, that every month and we honor Hanukkah. So this uh, not this Sunday. Sundown, September 7th. Sundown, December 7th is the beginning of Hanukkah. And I can't believe I forgot to mention my brothers up there in the ABQ and also up in Dallas. To my, uh, uh, to our brother, my brother uh, Mike Allah and Gabar up there in, in Dallas, uh, the brother Mike Allah holding down the Fountain of Wisdom. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook as well. He's been doing that for the past 15 years. Him and Aisha White, the congregation is growing. Support them, get in touch with them. They're doing a great job. And every Sabbath they do um, uh, the Torah reading. And the brother, Dr. Michael Ben Israel, him and Ice White Stop really be doing a great job with that, holding it down. Check them out on, on, on Facebook, Fountain of Wisdom. They are really holding it down up there in, in Dallas and also in Albuquerque. For the brother Ice White Stop in Albuquerque, Holding down with the brother um, Zakar, with the brother Achai, uh, with the brother Dawiyad, with the brother um, Ayal, um, uh, the brother uh, Kobe. They are definitely holding things down up there in Albuquerque. Uh, check them out. 
um, it's a beautiful thing that's going on. Right? It's a beautiful thing that's going on. And you can reach the brother Ashley White Design, area code 505. 218-4218. Again, that's area code 505-218-4218. Um, as they congregate every Sabbath, but they, have, they, they be at different locations. And if you know the Brother Isaac White Desire, he really is into the Most High's creation. That he, he, he loves to be outside of the city, whatever possible, um, or, or outside of his buildings. If he can just be in, in the Most High's creation. Uh, to help celebrate and honor um, uh, high holidays, Sabbaths, or what have you, reach out to Brother Isaac White Desire. Right? He's doing a great job up there, definitely holding things down. And, again, that's area code 505-218-4218. All right? Um, I'd like to send some prayers up. Um, as you know, I've been compiling this list. Who I've been compiling this list um, of uh, families that, that, that need help, that need a little, little extra spiritual help. Need a little extra spiritual uh, grounding or what have you. So at this time, I am lifting this prayer up uh, uh, in the in the mindset of First Peter chapter three verse twelve, where Peter tells us that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So this also reminded that we don't want to be doing any evil in the sight of the Lord as we're going over these classes. Well, the classes that we do, me and the brother Tazapa, and the brother Bonabot uh, that we do here on Blog Talk. And I guess I should go ahead and give the uh, <laughs> give our information out, huh? You've reached Blog, <laughs> blog Talk. All right, you have reached Blog Talk. Uh, welcome. Uh, we do have classes every Monday. We try to have classes uh, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to about 12 noon, Central Standard Time, um, if, the, if, the, if the jobs permit, if time permits. Uh, and then on Fridays, uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., again, all these times being Central Standard Time. On Mondays, it's me. You hear my raspy voice, um, uh, raspy, confusing, uh, in and out voice every Monday, uh, again, from 10 a.m. to about 12 noon. Today, we had to get started a little bit late. Um, um, uh, had some things going on, so I had to push it back an hour late, so we're going to start an hour later today. But usually, we do it from Mondays uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. Uh, to 12 noon. Then we come back on Tuesdays with, as you know it, Brother Tazapa, with Tazapa Tuesdays, um, where, where the brothers be, has been going over um, these topics that have been hitting them out of the park. The brother's been doing a hell of a job in, with his research, uh, with his, his enthusiasm and his love for Israel to try and get information to, to everybody for us to get right with the most high so we all can get up out of here, so we all can go home. So, so we can finally, the Most High will come and finally put it into Babylon the Great. And as the Lord's Prayer says, that uh, God's kingdom can finally be here, and God's kingdom will come, and his will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. All right, so uh, testify Tuesdays, uh, every Tuesday. And then on Wednesdays, I come back uh, and continue the series that, I, that I'm, I'm going over or whatever we might be hitting up. Then we come back on Thursdays where the brother Tazapa has another series that he's that, that, that he started called FYI uh, for your information uh, Thursdays where the brother takes uh, different questions and and uh, that that um, he receives and he does the research and he puts I don't know how the brother squeezes so much time in 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 a day that he that he he, he handles his 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 family uh, work. Um, uh, uh, where he's a, a personal trainer, uh, he is a mentor, um, 
and then to get the research uh, that he gets done for for two classes, um, and then supports every class possible. Well, if it's Israelites, the brothers are one hell of a brother. I, I, I props to him. Well, he comes back again on Thursdays. He does FYI Thursdays, um, and he takes he takes questions uh, that he gets, does the research, and then he lays it out for 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 our education. Uh, and information does a great job with that. Then we come back on Friday nights, brothers and sisters, with the brother Balabad, who again is a very very busy man, but he squeezes in Friday nights uh, with Friday night Bible breakdowns with Balabad, where we, we're just taking topics, basic topics, and just breaking them down, just going through scriptures and breaking them down. Doing a great job with that, and that is every Friday night, uh, starting at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that pretty much is the blog talk schedule right there in in, in a nutshell. All right. Um, but we want to make sure that as we're reminded of and thinking about First Peter 3 and 12, that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. That we want to make sure that, that as, as we are working on our own salvation with fear and trembling, um, that we want to be, found, be those servants that when the Lord comes, he finds, he finds those servants and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then he finds those servants uh, that, that we're doing his righteousness and that, not establishing our own righteousness. So that's the purpose of any of the classes that we have set up, brothers and sisters, whether it's, again, our blog talk uh, format that we do or any of the YouTube classes that we've done, or not, even if it's not even on YouTube, um, uh, again, um, if it's on Facebook, or Facebook Live or, or uh, classes, that there's an awakening. That's definitely taking place, uh, where the Mosai is 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 ready, been ready, for us as Israelites to finally to to repent, to come together, so that He can finally send His Lord and Savior Jesus Christ um, from the battle at the Battle of Armageddon, um, where Babylon the Great will finally be destroyed according to Revel- the Book of Revelations, uh, but that's also going to be the salvation of the believers, the salvation of the Israelites. Um, and that's what we're striving for. That's what everybody should be striving for, all right? But we want to make sure that we're being righteous so that our prayers are being heard, all right? And that we want to pray for one for another and pray for each other because it does say in James chapter 5, verse 16, for us to confess our faults one to another. And, brothers and sisters, I, I, I know I'm on the soapbox right now. I'm going to be here for, just for a minute. As we do pray for each other, we have to remember that we also have to get part of, of not only people, having people pray for us, which is a, a beautiful thing, which is a, a form, a, a, a sign and show of charity. When you pray for other people, and don't just pray for yourself. Um, in in, in a real, uh, just just praying for you, and for the things you want and the things that you're after. Um, uh, just just about you. Um, that we should be. We have to confess our faults too, brothers and sisters. We have to confess what we're wrong at. All right. A lot of times we get into this. Um, it's possible that we'll get into a mode where we're just the victims. That all anybody ever does is 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 offend us, is uh, get on our nerves, and and we'll, we'll 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 be at a point where we won't be confessing the things we're doing wrong. We won't be confessing that in the eyes of the Father, there's things we're doing wrong. And we won't get to a point where we'll actually confess 
that maybe the things that happen in, in, in our lives is because we're not right with the most high. And that there's things that the most high is expecting out of us um, that we're not that we're not accomplishing, that we're not doing. So a part of us being healed, we have to be real with ourselves and and, and, and be true to ourselves. I must say be true to yourself. I don't mean that in the American way of just make sure you're always right. Just go for you. Put yourself first um, and capitalize on every opportunity for yourself to make sure that you're coming up, that somehow you think that, that, that God is pleased because you're pleased. Uh, brothers and sisters, again, we're going over this series. That's a very pagan ideal way of thinking. That's a very, very heathenish, heathenish way of thinking that for a lot of things that we're going through, we have to confess what we're doing wrong. Right? We can't just be about, um, I want, I want, I want, I want, and, but we're not going to ever confront or uh, be held accountable for the things that we're doing wrong, for a mindset we have is wrong, for an outlook we have is wrong, for a perspective that we have is wrong. And we just want to point fingers at everybody else how they're wrong how they're off, how they're uh, incorrect. Um, and brother says that can get ugly. That can look really, really ugly. And even though it's not a scripture, but that saying, God hates ugly, he, he truly does. He truly, truly does. And we got to be aware of when we are being ugly. You know, one thing about the Bible, about these scriptures, but it's, it's, it's a mirror. God's word, as, as, as much as it's, it's a history book, as much as, as it's instructions in righteousness, God's word is also a mirror that should be giving you a reflection of yourself. And it should be showing each of us the ugliness in ourselves. The things that God finds ugly, or as he says, he doesn't, say, he doesn't use the word abomin- uh, ugly, he uses the word abomination, abominable. We need to be looking, at, be looking in, this, in this book and be looking at ourselves and seeing the things and the mindsets and the way we think and the way we do things that they really do upset God, that they really are ugly in the eyes of God. And, and when we look at the word abomination, remembering that the word abomination is, let me just look that up. As, as I'm on my soapbox, uh, um, yeah, we're here. As a mama soapbox, let me pull the definition up. D E F I define A B O M I N A T I abomination from the 1828. I. Uh, so according to Webster's Dictionary of 1828, and I like to use that, my brothers and sisters, uh, on top of many of the dictionaries that I do use, I really do appreciate the Webster's Dictionary of 1828. Not the Merriam-Webster, right? Not the Merriam-Webster, but the Webster's Dictionary, the Noah Webster Dictionary of 1828. That was the very first dictionary that Noah Webster put together. And believe it or not, brothers and sisters, he put that, his very first dictionary together to help understand the Bible. It, it, it actually was put, compiled and composed to help us understand words of the Bible. And at that time, there was no New King James versions. 
there was no American version. There was no modern version. All we had was the, well, we had the 1611 uh, that was translated. That was uh, very in very heavy old English uh, uh, print that was translated into in, a little more modern in 16, 17, 17, was that 17, in the 1700s. Um, but Noah Webster put the 1820 edition together to help understand Bible words, all right, of what the meaning was when those Bible words were used at that time. We know that over time, word definitions uh, change, they morph um, because of slang or what have you. Um, but for the what, Noah Webster's Dictionary, 1828, it was to define Bible words and how those words were used at that time. Okay, so according to Noah Webster's Dictionary of 1828 for the word abomination, it means uh, extreme hatred or detestation. Um, the object of detestation, a common signification in Scripture, uh, very hateful, detestable, loathsome, applicable to, to whatever is odious to the mind or offensive to the senses unclean all right so it doesn't again use the word ugly but god does use the word abomination that uh and i'm curious about this right here this word odious because we might have to use this today in talking about jezebel and baal worship as we're going into that class we're going to continue on our series that we're that we're covering let me just look this up okay I odious, according to Webster's Dictionary, the definition of odious in 1828 was hateful, deserving hatred, offensive, hurtful, noxious. Oh, my goodness, brothers and sisters. Did y'all hear the word that the definite, one of the definitions from the Webster's Dictionary of 1828 for the word odious is noxious? You know, in, in modern times here that we're living in right now, People can talk about uh, toxic relationships, and it's funny how how it's used more in describing men that it's too much male toxicity, that it's toxic, it's just too much. Well, odious is noxious, and noxious means toxic. Um, Odious is expressing something less than Detestable and abominable, um, highly offensive, repugnant, disgusting. Odious is a strong word, so you shouldn't call someone odious unless you want to accuse them of being loathsome or vile. Actions can cause also to be called odious. Now, it says the word odious comes from comes from the Latin word. Odiosis, which comes from the word for hatred, odium. Odium is related to the English verb uh, annoy, and it is used in English to mean hatred or disgrace. Now, got to go here. Why, not, why are we going here? Why? Why? Why, 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 why? You know, I need to download that, that sound bit. Um
In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 23. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 23, it says, uh, For an odious woman, when she is married, and a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. Um, King James Bible Online, Proverbs 7, 30, verse 23, context. Well, understanding the context of Proverbs chapter 30, verse 23, all right, we, got, we have to start with verse 20. It says, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. For three things, the earth is disquieted, and for, the, and for four, uh, which it cannot bear. So it's talking about an adulterous woman, and we know that the nation of Israel, uh, from Ezekiel chapter 16, the most high likes the nation of Israel until, until a woman, uh, a woman that's supposed to be married to him, and how the type of, of things that we do and the mindset that we have um, is not a very good look, all right? It's not a very good look. So from Proverbs chapter 30, verse 20, it says, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I've done no wickedness. That I'll eat something. That the, the metaphor that's being shown here is a woman will, will, will do something, eat something, and because she likes it, because she wants it, she desires it, she'll see nothing wrong with it. That, that because she likes it, she's going to continue to eat it, and it's not going to let nobody tell her that it's wrong. Now, that's the actual physical woman, but the most, again, like the nation of Israel, to a woman that will do things, and because just because we like it, just because we enjoy it, we don't see nothing wrong with it, even though God calls it, in his eyes, it's an abomination. Although, in his eyes, it's something disgusting. It's detestable. It, 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 it's, um, it's something that is, is, is so detestable, it'll make you want to vomit, that when you see it, it'll make you want to upchuck because of how disgusting a, a particular thing might be. So here we have a, a woman who she'll eat something, and then she'll wipe her mouth and say, I have done no wickedness. I don't, I don't think it's bad. Who are you to judge me? This is how I feel, and that's all there is to it. So reading on, it says, uh, now keeping that in mind, now verse 21 says, for three things the earth is disquieted, and for the fourth, which it cannot bear, that these are things that will disturb the earth, and, and, and the earth can't stand this. What 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 sounds like to lay down to us, all right? Verse twenty-two. The thing that that is unbearable, you just can't put up with that. That and this person is going to just they got to make a lot of noise. Verse twenty-two. For a servant, when he reigneth, that you got somebody in charge that don't know what the hell they're doing. That was just quiet things. 
that that that, that it, people can't bear that. You got somebody who's in charge, like the so-called white man, uh, being in charge of the earth, and look how the earth is being destroyed. So it says, so, so for a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat, that when a fool is content and happy, they got what they want. That they 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 are making such a fuss and and, and going to things until they get what they want. That it says that the earth will be disquieted, and it can't, and, and nobody can put up with this. That a fool ain't gonna stop until he gets what he wants. Anger rests in the bosom of a fool. That a fool is gonna throw a temper tantrum, he or she, until they just get what they want. Until you just, will you just please shut up? Will you just finally be quiet? So reading on, and verse twenty-three. For an odious woman when she is married, and a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. So another thing that 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 is hard to put up with, that that is, is not going to be uh, there's never going to be any peace. It's for for an odious woman when she is married, because she don't feel she ever does anything wrong. She does things to bring hatred to herself. She does things to, to that that are disgusting and and and. And wrong, or you know what? I'm gonna use a more modern word, ratchet. She's just gonna be in her full. Uh, ain't no shame that I'm gonna speak and say what I want to say because it's on my mind, and that's all there is to it. And I'm not gonna feel ashamed. I ain't gonna feel bad. I ain't gonna make you make make you make me feel a certain way because I feel the way I feel, and I'm gonna be loud as hell. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it be known. So it says that it, for an odious woman, a woman who's very hateful, hatred, when she's married, because there's, there's no pleasing her. She's always going to find something to complain about. She's always going to be upset at something, and she's not going to feel that she's ever doing anything wrong. Hence, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 20, verse 20, such is the way of an adulterous woman. Remember that adulterous woman, woman who's married. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I've done no wickedness. So for this woman, who an odious woman, who's doing things that, that cause hatred, cause her to be hated, and she don't feel like there's nothing wrong with it, and she's going to get loud <clears throat> to express her opinion until... Her weight is just it for an oldest woman when she is married, a toxic woman when she is married, and a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but are exceedingly wise. The ants are people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The coonies are but a feeble folk, yet they make their houses uh, in the rocks. We go many places with that. But I just want to get to this point, brothers and sisters, uh, as we're sending these prayers up, I'm going to keep that up. I'm going to keep that website up. That from James chapter 5, verse 16, we also have to confess our faults one to another and pray one for another. I, I love this reminder that James, and remember James, the book of James, this James was the brother of, of, of Jesus. He was his brother. All right? Not just companion. He was his brother. 
who wound up becoming an apostle also. So it says, confess your faults once or another. You've got to confess when you're wrong. And that always just be pointing out how everybody else is just doing you wrong. And then it says, pray one for another. you got to pray for other people and not just be about yourself. It says that you may be healed. A lot. If, if you're going, if we're if we're going through a lot of things, brothers and sisters, are we confessing to the Most High what, what we're doing wrong, or do we keep wiping our mouth like we ain't did a damn thing wrong, and everybody else is wrong, and we so we pointing the finger at everybody else, and then are we praying for other people, or are we or are we in such a righteous justification? Are we going to the righteous grudge that, no, they don't deserve your prayer? They don't deserve you thinking about them because it's all about what you're going through, how you feel, and how they've been offending you? Then according to this instruction right here, then we're not going to be healed. Then you ain't going to be healed. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Are we really being right in the eyes of the Father? Or are we only right in our own opinion? Which is pride. Which is stubbornness. Which is arrogance. Which is idolatry. Which is a form of witchcraft. You're casting illusions in your own mind. Like David Blaine or Chris Angel or, or any magician might might be trying to pull the pull the wool over your eyes. You want to pull the wool over your own eyes, giving yourself giving yourself hallucinations, giving yourself uh, uh, casting spells in your own mind that the Most High will assist you with. Because He said, remember in Second Thessalonians chapter two. Let, let me pull that. Let me not just quote it. Let's go and pull that. Pull that. And a couple of y'all, I almost said real quick. I almost said real quick. In Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse ten, I could go all into this, but I'm not going to. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse ten, it says, "And with all deceitfulness." of unrighteousness and them that perish. So it says in Second Thessalonians chapter two verse ten, unrighteousness, not doing things right in the Father, it will deceive a person. And it will cause them to perish. Alright? So again, Second Thessalonians chapter two verse ten, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And the love of the truth, you know, is God's word. The truth is God. St. John chapter 17, verse 17, the, tr- the truth is God's word. And the truth of God's word, again, that word being a mirror, showing us the filthiness, the toxicity, the noxiousness. The abominable things that how we think and how we put things together and what we like 
and what we partake in, and we wipe our mouth like, I don't see nothing wrong with it because I like it. But now, not accepting the love of the truth of God's word, so a person might be saved, like James said, be healed, be saved, because they don't receive the love of the truth, the truth about themselves, from God's eyes, from God's perspective, that this thing I like, God can't stand. This thing I partake in, that I don't see nothing wrong with it, God calls it noxious. And for me to walk around and, and I'm going to partake in it, and I'm not going to give two thoughts about how God feels, Jesus feels, or anybody else feels, just just how I feel, okay? Verse 11, and for this cause, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, verse, verse 12, that they all might be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, that delusion. Who? That delusion, right? Delusion. Now, yes, when Webster's Dictionary of 1820, not the Noah Webster, not the Miriam Webster, just Webster's uh, 1820 Dictionary. Delusion. The act of deluding, deception, a misleading of the mind, all right, that God will send you a misleading, because you don't receive the love of his word. You don't love what, we don't love what he loves, and we're going to love what, the things that he can't stand, the things he finds disgusting, the things he finds hateful and noxious. We're going we're gonna to keep partaking in it, and then wipe our mouths like, I ain't did nothing wrong because I like it. And then I'm around other people who like it. My mom and dad like it, so I like it. My whole family likes it, so I like it. The people I, I hang around with like it, so I like it. So what's wrong with it? And I'm not going to sit here and let you shame me and make me feel like it's, it's wrong. I like it, okay? Because of those actions, because a person will take on that type of mentality, it says the Lord will send them a strong delusion, the act of deluding, deception, a misleading of the mind, all right? Definition number two, false representation, illusion, error or mistake proceeding from false views, that the Lord will send a person strong delusion, strong delusion. I hope you caught that part also in, in the scripture, strong delusions. The Lord will send you false representations, illusions, strong errors or mistakes proceeding from false views. He'll make sure you're looking at it wrong then. Since that's what you, that, which a person will show, that's what they're really about. He will make sure that's all they see then. And remember, God said, so the so scripture says, so they might be damned who, who receive not the love of the truth, the truth about themselves. So, brother says, we don't want to play with this, all right? We don't want to see people we don't want to see. God says he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked should repent and return from his ways and live. That's Ezekiel chapter 33. I'm, I'm going to let, let, if a person finds it interesting to want to find out more about God, then go read Ezekiel chapter 33 and Ezekiel chapter 18. 
It's there. It's been there. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked should repent, that the wicked should change. But there's too many people that, that we, we've developed these tastes. We've developed these, 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 these cravings. We've developed these appetites that we don't see nothing wrong with it, that we don't see anything wrong with it. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I'm going to just ask you all to remember. When Christ first started his ministry, what was his message? Was it not repent? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message in its entirety. That was the foundation that established and built his whole ministry. Same with John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, but how can a person repent if they don't feel what they're doing is wrong? How can you change if if what you feel that you're doing isn't wrong because it's right to you? How stubborn is that? How prideful is that? We have to repent so we might be healed. So with that in mind, ah, as I go through this prayer, uh, uh, please feel free to, 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 to use it and you, if, you, if you need to. But more importantly, I ask that you might add these names that we're going to go over. Please add them to your prayer list as well. Please add them to your prayers as well um, as we're trying to pray for, for others and that the effectual perfect prayer of righteous avails much. So I'm going to ask that the Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send your love and your spirit and your guidance to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, to protect, to build up, and to give you continued long suffering and everlasting mercy to the names we're to give you, Father. Please give. We ask, Father, that that you will bless and keep. We ask, Father, that you will make your face to shine upon and be gracious. We ask you, Father, that you live up your countenance upon upon these names, and that you might give them peace. Father, uh, we ask for these things for. Sister Bobby Dixon. We ask these things, uh, Father, for uh, Sierra Leakey, the daughter of Brother David. We ask these things, uh, Father, for our sister Abadiah, out there in Houston, and her and her husband Lachama. We ask for uh, our brother Shaquat Kibar, out there in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. We ask for uh, we ask these things for our brother Bahawamacha and his wife. Uh, Waradaya. We ask this thing, Father, for, for John Spann. We ask this, Father, for Miss Catherine, otherwise known as Ma Dukes, the mother of our beloved brother, Tazapa. We ask these things, Father, for uh, our friends Becky, Daryl, and Carmen up there in Albuquerque. Father, uh, we ask these things for my in-laws, the entire Lovett family, 
for my father-in-law, Melvin, for my brother-in-law, Shemaiwan, for my sister-in-law, Dondrea, and for all their kids and nieces and nephews, Father, and for my wife, Yasariah. We ask you things, Father, for the entire Coates family, the family of Brother Gabar Kawa. We ask you things, Father, for our brother Kazakia and his family out there in Nova Virginia. We ask you things, Father, for our brother Sawan Mayam out there in Houston. We ask you things, Father, for our brother here in San Antonio, Sawan, um, West Beverly. Father, we ask you things for our sister, Ayana, who is the wife of our brother, Awana Aya, here in San Antonio. We ask this, Father, for um, the daughter of our brother, Tatapa, and his wife, Arakaya, their daughter, Cece. We ask these things, Father, for our brother, Gabor Kawa, for his daughter, Aizali, and her mother, Anagasha. We ask these things, Father, for our brother, Bonabad, and his wife, Kardashaya, for their daughter, Aliyah. Father, we ask, that, we ask these things that you, uh, for our brother, Tatapa, and for his family. We ask these things, Father, for our brother, Kodash Gabar, in San Antonio. We ask these things, Father, for our brother, for our friend, Yenawatan. We ask these things, Father, for our, our family our, our, and friends in Florida. For the brother, Gabar Allah and his wife, um, Aisha. And for their niece and nephew, Keontae and Brianna. Father, we ask for... Uh, ask this for our brother Sam Kodash, his wife Mariah, and for their son Kazakian. We ask these things, Father, for our brother LV, brother Lavander, and for his mother Pat Washington. We ask, Father, for our sister Kwadashaya, the wife of our brother Bonabad. We ask these things, Father, for Sean Stark, for Sylvia Khan, for our brother Shapar up in Albuquerque, for our brother Yama in Lubbock. For our brother Yasha Allah in Gallup. Father, we ask these things for my mother, Father Eddie, and Bobby Morris. I had another name I forgot to add to the list, and I'm thinking about it right now, but it's just forgive me. We ask this, Father, for our brother Aisha Wajazah. For Brother Aisha Bajazan, for his family, for his entire family, and for his daughter. Forgive me if I for, for, forget her name, but the mother of Octavia, his granddaughter. As we're going through things right now, Father. And Father, in Numbers chapter 6, verse 27, you said, And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. So we ask, Father, that you might do these things um, so that to give each of us another ch- opportunity at repentance and to see your glory and understand your mercy and your long-suffering with us and your patience with us, Father, that all praise and all glory might go to you and to your son, Yahweh Shai. So we ask you things, Father, Baha'asham Yahweh Shai, in the name of Yahweh Shai, we thank you always. The water from Yah. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters. So we get that going. Yeah, I, I took a little bit longer on my soapbox this morning. Um, I did. I, I truly did. Um, but let me, I, I got a text. Let me see what this is about. Um, 
right, cool, cool, cool. All right, brothers and sisters, with, with all that being said, I, I want to get my head back in the game again. Um, let me take a, a quick intermission. I don't know if it's going to be quick, but let me take an intermission, and we'll come back. Let's go ahead and continue on with part seven, Idols of the Gentiles, Spiritual Fornication. Uh, part seven, uh, the love of money being the root of all evil, uh, and they all worship, how it all ties in. So intermission, when I come back, we're going to continue on with this class. Um, Here we go.
All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, well, let's continue on the task. We'll go back, we'll go back, we'll go back. Thank you for, for, for uh, hopefully being patient with me as, as, as we had to take a little intermission. All right, brothers and sisters, um, if you tune into our class, hopefully you tune into the class that I did on Thursday, not Thursday, um, Wednesday, class I did on Wednesday. Uh, again, we're going over this, this, this topic about um, the Isles of the Gentiles um, uh, the beginning, uh, uh, being spiritual, uh, beginning of spiritual fornication. Right? And this has come out of, that's a, a subsets we're doing off a series that we're covering about the true birth of Christ. And what we're building up to, brothers and sisters, is, and I know it seems tedious, and and for what what I'm known for, and and that's <laughs> what I'm known for, if for, known for being a dead horse. Uh, meaning that we're really trying to get the point of, across. We're really that that, that um, a lot of us take our Bible studies so lightly, and we take our Bible studies so surface that it can be easy for us not to understand how disgusting how much of an abomination things are in the eyes of the Father because it's so common throughout society. A certain mindset, a certain uh, uh, way of just looking at things, uh, perspectives, that they're so common in the world today that it's done without even a second thought. Um, without even a consideration that some of the practices and some of the things that are just very common in society that a person would, does not give any thought to, that it's these very things that God that that God is disgusted with, that 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 God can't stand, that God finds to be an abomination, and we'll continue in these practices and in these things, and keep wiping our mouths like an adulterous woman, and like I ain't did nothing wrong. I don't see nothing wrong with it, and neither does millions of other people see anything wrong with it. And I would just like to try and remind us, brothers and sisters, if we believe in the Bible, and there, there, there is archaeological evidence about that there was a flood, there was a major deluge that hit, did hit the earth, and that just about every society on the planet Earth, in just about every history on the planet Earth, they describe a flood. Now, looking from a biblical aspect about the flood, didn't God kill everybody on the planet Earth except for eight humans? Did he not kill every human on the planet Earth with the flood except for eight people? Noah, his wife. Shem, his wife. Japheth, his wife. And Ham, his wife. Eight people lived through the flood as well as the animals that they had in the ark. I'm bringing. I'm trying to bring that number or bring that statistic out or even that perspective out. That the mentality of because everybody else is doing it, that's why I don't see nothing wrong with it. How many millions of people died and perished with those same thoughts? And how few people were given the opportunity to live and be saved from that destruction during the time of Noah? And if for Christ to come back and, and, and tell us in Matthew chapter 24 that his, about his return, 
It's going to be like the days of Noah. That everybody's going to be eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And as we're going through this study, brothers and sisters, to really understand what they was doing before the flood, the eating and drinking, the marrying and giving in marriage, the festivals that they were giving themselves over to, the orgies they were giving themselves over to. And then, like I said, in Genesis chapter 6, verse, verse 5, every imagination of the thought of man was only evil continually. That everybody was about just doing for themselves, making a name for themselves, doing whatever made them happy, and of whatever that might have been. No boundaries at all. The mentality of YOLO, you only live once, that's not something new. Not the mentality. The mentality. That mentality is not new. The the the, tra- the trans movement is nothing new. The non-binary, the pansexual, or all none of that is new. The the none of it's new. The drugs, the liquor, the inebriation, just letting yourself go, brothers and sisters. None of that is new. And then they get the mindset of because it makes me feel good, I don't care what, how it makes anybody else feel. It's about me and my feelings. These mentalities, brothers and sisters, are not new. They're not new. These were the very same mentalities that had God, a repentant God. It made God feel bad that he even created humans. And understand that, that, that that's going to be the state of the world. When Jesus Christ makes his return, Noah prophesied for over 100 years. It took him 100 years to build an ark of trying to tell people to repent. The Lord's doing something very similar at this time now, giving, plenty, giving people plenty of time to repent from what we're doing so that we might be saved. God is still a God of, of, of mercy and long-suffering. But at one point, he, he is going to say, okay, that's it. They don't like the song. They don't push it to the limit. They don't push me to the edge. God's trying not to lose his head. <laughs> All right? So with that being in mind, brothers and sisters, with that being in mind, we was going to, um, uh, we finished up on Thursday. We was going over and we're covering the the. Uh, it's coming up of a series that um, we're still continuing in the series, where we're talking about even Christ was talking about the fornication in Revelation, Revelation chapter two. That was going on at the church of uh, Thyatria, Thyatria, Thyatira, whichever how do you pronounce it, in, in Revelation chapter two, verses eighteen through twenty one. So we was going into this study because in, in in that specific reference, he does reference about the prophetess Jezebel. That the church at, at Thyatira, it, he mentions some of the good things they were doing. He talks about their patience, their faith, um, their good works. He does mention that, but he says, "But y'all suffer that prophet, y'all suffer that prophetess Jezebel to seduce my people to commit to commit fornication." 
And he, he said, I addressed her. And in fact, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 18, he, God, Christ addressed himself as the Son of God. All before that, when you read about Christ in, 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 the, in the Gospels, Christ keeps saying he's the Son of Man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man. Here's the first time you read about him saying he's the Son of God. I mean, his title. He, he said God's his father many times, and, and, and our brother Tazapah is covering it in, in his class about the Trinity. But for him to actually come back and have to say, tell, tell them in Thai thus saith the Son of God, whose eyes are red, whose anger, I mean, this, 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 this is, this ain't something to read past, read over, and just let it go. This is here. And so he talks about the prophetess Jezebel and how she's seducing the people there to commit fortification. So we're going into this part of the study. And this past Thursday, we were was touching on uh, Jezebel and Ahab, who, who, was, who was arguably one of the most wicked kings among all Israelite kings. Right? And we were covering that and how Ahab being after the kingdom got split, if the kingdom of Israel got split, remember the nation of Israel had a united government uh, under our very first king, who, who was King Saul. King Saul messed up, and God rose up King David, and then King David had King Solomon. The King Solomon got so caught up into Baal worship and got so caught up into um, the worship of other gods and, and the fornicating that was taken that, uh, of the other nations that God said, I'm, 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 I'm going to take the, the kingdom from Solomon, but not from Solomon because I promised his father David, but I'm going I'm to take the, 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 the majority of the power away from this, the, the lineage. I'm going to split the kingdom. So upon Solomon's death, his son Rohabam was was the next heir to be king. Um, but God had a plot uh, a plot devised in design that because of Rohabam's arrogance, it split the kingdom. It's where the nation of Israel was now split into two different kingdoms: the southern kingdom that was called Judah or Judea, and the northern kingdom that was called Israel. And the northern kingdom um, it continued with Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. Um, and uh, King David's lineage being the, the 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 monarchs over the southern kingdom, and then with the northern kingdom being called the kingdom of Israel, uh, the, its first king was King Jeroboam of the tribe of Ephraim. And right off the jump, they went into straight idolatry. They went into straight um, uh, madness. Uh, and Ahab continued in these things uh, as the lineage uh, from the northern kingdom of Jeroboam Continued down, they get down to Ahab. And Ahab not only did what Jeroboam did, but he added to what Jeroboam was doing, to where Ahab was known as one of the most wicked kings in Israel. And Ahab married Jezebel, the daughter of a Hamite, the daughter of, 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 a, uh, of a Philistine, a Hittite, as a matter of fact. And we were just covering some of the actions, some of the deeds that Ahab was, was, was doing during his rulership. Of, of 22 years, and how his wife, being a, a, a heathen from another nation, 
a foreigner from another nation, really brought the influence of Baal worship heavy into to Ahab uh, and have Israel, the New Kingdom is really participating heavy in, in the Baal worship and the practices. All right. Uh, so we was coming on Thursday and we covered um, uh, some of the things that Jeroboam did and what Jeroboam was doing uh, and raising up the, the two golden calves, similar to the, the calf that was raised up uh, when we came out of Egypt and Moses went to get the Ten Commandments from the Father and in that 40-day span, uh, the Israelites uh, made a golden calf and was giving themselves over to the worship of the golden calf. And Jeroboam was, had set up, um, instead of two of these calves during the time of, after the, the split of the kingdom. And Ahab was, 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 was following in these same footsteps, but added to even more wickedness, more idolatry during his time. So I'm going to come in today a little bit, and kind of the briefest recap, I only got, I hate when I do this, but um, I'm going to go back to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, and we're going to cover uh, part three. We've got to bring out a little bit more again about Jezebel's character. So for the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, uh, Article 3 uh, under Jezebel, right? Article 3 of Jezebel, and I just looked it up, brothers and sisters. You can go online. And type in International Standard Bible Encyclopedia uh, Jezebel, and you'll be able to read along. I'll be able to get this uh, in your studies. Okay. So part three, talking about Jezebel's character from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. And I'm going to take out this brief um, excerpt from this. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I want to, I want to continue over the class. Okay. So Jezebel's character. It must be clear that that the Baal whom Jezebel attempted to introduce was the Phoenician Baal, pure and simple, jumping down. Um, now, there is many Baals in the Bible. You read about Baals before, uh, you read about Baals above, you read about Baal, you read about Bel, you read about... Um, uh, there is many gods that carry the, 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 the Baal, all right? And that the Baal that... that and they all, all those lead back to to one person in particular, uh, being Nimrod, right, as, as we're covering. But she brought the worship of, of uh, the Phoenician god Baal, being that she was from from she was a Hittite from Phoenicia. And if you look at a map of Israel, you see that Phoenicia was was along the coastline. It, it, it was just inside the coastline of, of the land of Israel, but it was called uh, Philistia. Uh, Philist, uh, Philistia, or, or even modern-day Palestine. Palestine goes, goes back to Philistines, go back to Philistia. That that land was given to the Hamites, all right? And it's that, that, that strip, the Gaza Strip, uh, Palestine. This is where she was from, all right? And it was given over to Baal worship, Baal worship. So it says, and further, in Phoenicia, since it was the Phoenician god that, that Baal she was worshiping, and she introduced two, two Israelites. Reading on, it says, and further in Phoenicia, where wealth and luxury have been enjoined on a scale unknown to either Israel or the Canaanites of the interior, there was a refinement. If one may so speak, and at the same time, a 
they think they that that their mind is totally fine, and they're ready to argue to the better end. So it says perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. I'm in First Timothy chapter six verse five. Supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Now, brothers and sisters, this is going back to the reference of when I, I didn't cover it today, but we covered this on Thursday. Remember how, how and I might cover it a little bit today. Remember the that Ahab. Yeah, I'm going to cover it today. Remember Ahab had a palace in Jezreel, and that there was a man named Naboth who had a vineyard right next to um, uh, Ahab's palace. And Ahab wanted that field and even offered to give Naboth a field that was even better. But he wanted that field because it was right next to him. He said he wanted to plant his herbs. Well, we covered, we was covering this on Thursday, brothers and sisters, that those, those herbs, the things he was, he was trying to plant, it, was, it wasn't um, uh, it wasn't uh, dill. It, it wasn't um, uh, uh, basil. It wasn't oregano. No, it was herbs as far as, as uh, opium, as far as cannabis, as far as nutmeg, as far as, as uh, blue lotus, as far as samath, that he was trying to, for his worship and participating in the worship of Baal, part of that worship was, 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 was those things. And we covered that again this past Wednesday, a week ago, okay? So... His wife came up with the plot that he, he got depressed by not being able to have this field that was right next to his palace. And his wife came up with the plot about to overthrow the boss, have him killed, and then just take his land so that these herbs could be grown, um, this, 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 these vineyards could be grown for all the, all the, the uh, psycho, psycho, psychoactive drug plants that could be planted right next to his palace so he have easy access to these things because of his worship of Baal. Again, gained his godliness. So she came up with this plot, had the boss killed, and then they took possession of the land to have more. You already had a, a field that was already better than the field that, that, that was the boss, but the field in the boss, that was, that was his inheritance that, according to God, should never, never be given up. A person should never give up their inheritance. That even if they use their inheritance as collateral for a debt, they might be might, – uh, uh, might have fell into that, that their land will go back to them. That was a gift from, from God. That was that was given from God. Their land was given from God. So Nabat said, I can't do that. So they have been wiped out and killed just to gain more, to possess more. That was very wicked. Talk about gentrification. Nigga, please, that was us. Right? So when Paul is saying this now, First Timothy chapter six verse five, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Verse six, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But First Timothy chapter six verse nine. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, 
which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. All right. Um, jumping down, we, could, we, covered, we did cover some of this on, on, uh, on Wednesday. This is about the death of Jeroboam. We definitely did cover that. When we go to Antiquities of the Jews, I'm going to cover this quickly. I mean, quick as I possibly can. Antiquities of the Jews, Book 8, Chapter 8, and we covered this, brothers and sisters, on Wednesday. That's why I'm not going to, I don't want to read the whole thing. But Antiquities of the Jews, Book 8, Chapter 8, it says, How upon the death of Solomon, the people forsook his son Rehoboam and ordained Jeroboam uh, king over the tribes. Hold up. Do I actually want this? You know what? Not that part. Not that part. We want to get to the part of Antiquities of the Jews, Book 8, Chapter 13. All right? I'm sorry. Forgive me. When I just said Antiquities of the Jews, Book 8, Chapter 8, that was what Jeroboam brought in. That was Josephus coming to history about Jeroboam and, and the wicked worship and the wicked things he brought in. I want to go back to Antiquities of the Jews, Book 8, Chapter 13. Where it says how Ahab, when he had taken Jezebel to wife, became more wicked than all the kings that had been before him, and the actions of the prophet Elijah and what befell Naboth. With that being said, I'm jumping down, starting at um, in paragraph one, but we're jumping down quite a bit, uh, and it says he also took to wife this about Ahab. He also took to wife the daughter of Esbaal, king of the, the, the Tyrians and Sidonians, whose name was Jezebel, of whom he learned to worship her own gods. Now, hopefully I'm able to I'm bring this out to y'all. It's not too confusing and not too jumpy. But remember, we read from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia about Jezebel's character, how she introduced the, the Baal of Phoenicia. Of, uh, of the Phoenician god Baal to the Israelites. And if you remember, it was telling us how the Phoenician god, how they were so caught up into wealth and to luxury and getting themselves over to this uh, vicious indulgences, that this is what Jezebel had Ahab participating in in bringing her gods to Ahab. I mean, this is part of the reason why God said for us not to marry the nations. Because we will worship their gods and we will forsake the Lord our God. So Ahab, he also took to wife the daughter of Esbaal, king of the, the Tyrians and Zidonians, whose name was Jezebel, of whom he learned to worship her own gods. This woman was active and bold and fell into so great a degree of impurity and madness that she built a temple of the god of the Tyrians, which they call Belus, and planted a grove of all sorts of trees. She also appointed priests and false prophets to this god. The king also himself had many such about him, 
and so exceeded the madness and wickedness of all the kings that were before him. Now, these groves, when the situation these groves, yeah, they were trees, but just like they call the weed bush a tree, they call cannabis a tree, that we spoke in trees, they should feel like to make fun of that, and, and that, that's a, a slang or a moniker. I'm getting some text. I want to make sure I'm trying to keep on top of the communication. That that these groves, these trees, that they were growing, I mean, they were growing, as we were touching on, on Wednesday, the poppy fields. The, um, uh, but there, there's a way that you can even take frankincense and abuse frankincense and, and make it a, a, a psychotic drug. It's taken that it's taken that far, but one of the main plants vegetation that was used in the worship of, of Baal was opium, opium and blue lotus, and that goes all the way back even to Egypt, going all the way back to Mesopotamia, going all the way back to Nimrod, and 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 his practices and the things he introduced after the flood. All right, and with that being said. I did a Google search. Uh, and this is from the generative AI, which is experimental uh, into uh, experimental info quality may vary. So generative AI, I'm t- I know a lot of people are against AI and, and rightfully so. I, I, but, and, and they say that to get with AI is that there is another way for, for us to be tracked um, and that they're stealing our thoughts. Brothers and sisters, um, the scriptures already tell us that a prophecy about the king of Tyrus, and which is a reference to, to there was actually Tyre, Tyrus going back then, um, there was the days of Jeremiah and the days of Ezekiel. But it's also a reference to modern society today. And in part, one of the prophecies about the modern society of today is that it says, thou art smarter than Daniel. Thou art wiser than Daniel. And there's no nothing that can be hid from you. For as much as a lot of brothers and sisters talk about they want to live off the grid, impossible. Impossible. There are so many satellites covering every inch of ground of the known earth. There is no getting off the grid. The, the the technologies they have to, they don't have to come in your house to bug your house. Like we might keep seeing in, in the Mission Impossible movies or, or, or uh, uh, in some of these police dramas, that they got to get into your into your, your house and, and, and substitute a plant, uh, substitute a, a lamp, substitute a uh, uh uh, put, put put something in the smoke detector, and they need a warrant for that. Come on, brothers and sisters, it's, you step into reality. If you already think that they, they they show you, they tell us these things. Every phone call that you make, they already they've been had the technology that any word that comes across the airwaves, they have the technology to pick it up. 
um, that just sets off alerts. There are certain words that in, in the conversation, they set off alerts, and your whole conversation has been being recorded. It's been being researched. Every every phone call you some there's 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 a computer somewhere listening and recording. And it's not like the old old school days when we had the uh, landlines uh and and you might hear the clicking in the landline. They don't make sure everybody got cell phones now. From kids, grandparents, everybody got a cell phone now. If you're on welfare, they'll give you a, they'll, they'll give you a phone. If you're on welfare, collecting food stamps, you can get they'll they'll help you get a, a a cell phone. You think that's come on, y'all? What do you think that is? They say it's to help you get it. Make sure it's for seeking employment. No, it's not. And the way that the location is on every phone, you you might think that you turn your your you might think you turn your location off. You might, but that means it turns their location on you off. And then the, 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 the technology having in, in, in all these smart cars or, 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 or vehicles, period, from a low jack to, to – and low jack is going back when, 40, 30, 40 years ago? You think they have an up the technology that, that they know exactly where your car is at? You know that somebody is listening, that there's a, a, some sort of computer or whatever listening, because the conversation you have, all of a sudden you start getting commercials uh, and advertisements about something you was talking to somebody about or a, a word you looked up uh, in, in, in a search, now all of a sudden you're getting ads on YouTube. You're getting ads on um, uh, or whatever you might be using about something you was just talking about or think, got me thinking about. So, again, I'm, for a person who, who you want to live off the grid, you can try your best. But I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm not that um, – I'm not of the belief that a person can get off the grid and that everything that we do think is already being some, some type of way trying to be programmed, recorded, or what have you. All right. so they show they show this in the movie, um, the Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, um, where he was actually a uh, – remember the, when he went to Mars? I forget, I forget the name of the damn movie right now. But they can insert memories into people already. They can submit programs in the people already. They've been showed you that. They've been showed you that with um, uh, but with certain words can just trigger um, certain responses that, that that it's easy to hypnotize people. It's easy to get to get people to to go with certain responses or, or what have you. So it's already there. All right, it's already there. So I use generative AI and uh, a search for Nimrod and Baal worship, and this is what came up. Nimrod is attributed to the invention of polytheism. I hope you all hear this. This series has been about. Nimrod is attributed to the invention of polytheism and goddess worship by Ceramicus and Nimrod. But it says, like we're trying to bring out in, 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 in these classes, if it's pagan over it's heathen type of worship or customs, it all traces back to the first empire after the flood called Babel. 
that was established by Nimrod and his wife, Ceramesis. And the, uh, Nimrod is attributed to the invention of polytheism and goddess worship. Think about it, brothers and sisters, just, just for a minute. If after the flood, only eight people lived through the flood, and obviously those eight people knew and understood God had saved them. How did polytheism, how did, how did the worship of many God, how did that come in? How did the, how, how, when did things go astray from, from worshiping the God who just destroyed everything even, and the earth is having to be repopulated now? These things had to be introduced by some event or something. And that goes back to Nimrod, the son of Cush the son of Ham, the son of Noah, who reintroduced a lot of the polytheism and a lot of the customs that was being done on the other side of the flood. The customs, the traditions, the worship, the practices that had God destroyed everybody except for eight people with the flood Ham, Canaan, Nimrod, Cush reintroduced these things back in the earth. And they've been doing nothing but growing since that time. I'm going to read this again. Nimrod is attributed to the invention of polytheism and goddess worship by Ceramicus and Nimrod. Nimrod declared himself to be Baal. Nimrod declared himself to be Baal, which is the Akkadian version of the name Bel. Y'all might be familiar with in the apocrypha Bel and the dragon. Baal means Lord. Remember, it said Nimrod, the mighty conqueror. Remember. In the series that we started, that Nimrod had such an impact that the great hunter um, Orion is attributed to being Nimrod with the bow. The constellation Orion, the constellation in the stars, Orion, the great hunter, the conqueror, that's who the Greeks came back and they got that. That's Nimrod. This is the impact that did of, 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 of this, this person. And that Nimrod declared himself to be Baal, which is the Akkadian version of the name Bel. Hence, you know, like Jezebel. Reading on, Baal was the chief deity of the Canaanites who worshipped him of their chief agricultural god, Dagon. Baal was the chief deity of the Canaanites. Now, if Nimrod is Baal, the chief deity of the Canaanites is going back to who? Nimrod. Baal was the chief deity of the Canaanites who worshipped him as the son 
of their chief agricultural god, Dagon. Dagon worship, brothers and sisters, when you look at the that that pontiff hat that that the Pope wears, not the little yarmulke looking things, but the actual like hat. If you look at it, it's a fish. It's a fish hat. Go and just do your own Google search on the Pope and Dagon worship. And you will see that the hats that was used by the priest of Dagon is the exact same hat that's worn by the Pope right there in the Vatican. Roman Catholicism is so heavily, it's drenched in paganism, it's sickening. And then they try to attribute it to Jesus Christ. But that's, that, that, no, that is not it. But reading on, Baal was worshipped in many ancient Middle Eastern communities, especially among Canaanites, who considered him a fertility deity. Baal worship rituals included adults gathered around the altar of Baal. Infants were, har- were burned alive as sacrificial offerings to the deity. Congregants engaged in bisexual orgies, human sacrifices, and sensuality. Now, brothers and sisters, I hope we cover this today. I'm going to go over the two-hour mark. Um, to be engaged in bisexual orgies, but this, this is why makeup was so heavily used in pagan worship. For all worship, that a man could put on so much makeup that he would look like a woman. So now, if to be caught up in this Baal worship, then now, or today, more modern terms, transsexual, bisexual, non-binary, pansexual, or what have you, for there to be so much makeup put on, you really wouldn't know if you was having sex with a man or a woman, especially if it's anal sex in these orgies, in these bisexual orgies. For it to make a man look so beautiful by the use of so much makeup, and then for the women to put on so much makeup to be so alluring. This was all part of the all worship and sensuality. Baal worship continued and continues today. For example, Jezebel introduced Baal worship into Israel's capital city of Samaria in the 9th century BCE. Uh, and this is Baal worshippers from the Washington Monthly. This information that the, the generative AI compiled is under Baal worship from the Washington Monthly. All right. Um, another article. Um, and this is from the Russian Monthly, right? Uh, from the Russian Monthly. It says, ritualistic ba- Baal worship in some looked a little like this. Adults would gather around the altar of Baal. All right, we just read that, where they were engaged in bisexual orgies. All right, from the Britannica, 
from this from Britannica, the editors of the Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica for Baal, all right? Encyclopedia Britannica under Baal. Baal god worshipped in many ancient Middle Eastern communities, especially among the Canaanites, who apparently considered him a fertility deity and one of the most important gods to the pantheon. At the Semitic uh, common noun, Baal, the Hebrew Baal, meant owner or lord. Although it could be used more generally, for example, a Baal of wings was a winged creature, and in the plural, Balam, Balam of arrows indicated arches. Yet such fluidity in the use of the term Baal did not prevent it from being attached to a god of distinct character. As such, Baal uh, designated the universal god of fertility. Baal designated the universal god of fertility. And in that capacity, his title was Prince, Lord of the Earth. He was also called the Lord of Rain and Dew, the two forms of moisture that were indispensable for fertile soil in Canaan. The Lord of Rain and Dew, that if you weren't appeasing the God of Rain and Dew, it was needed for how much agriculture, how, how much vegetation was in Canaan, that, that this is where they would come up with not only rain dances, like with the Native Americans have continued, the, the, the rain dance of Native Americans, that got nothing to do with the God of the Bible. That got nothing to do with, with the celebrating or worshiping or honoring the God of the Bible. That goes directly back to, to Nimrod worship, to Baal worship. That was being done over in Israel as and to anger God. And they carry that, that madness right over here to the Americas. So Baal or Nimrod was his title was Prince, Lord of the Earth. He was also called the Lord of Rain and Dew. Now remember this is what Ahab started worshiping in Israel. Going all the way back to Jeroboam, but the opulence that that Jezebel brought of having to gain more, having to have more, to have to have more wealth, to where they had Naboth put to death, to where Christ, the Son of God, is mentioning the, the seduction of Jezebel all the way in Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 through 21. For us to think that this, these type of, of, of practices have not penetrated all the way to modern-day America, the subtleties of these practices, which are all the way up to today. I'm not teaching well enough, and there obviously ain't enough study about what happened to these gods, what happened to these practices, and how were they practiced, how were they worshipped. Reading on with the, with the, from the Britannica, and Eucharist and Hebrew Baal's epithet as the storm god was he who rides on the clouds. What? He who rides on the clouds? The storm god? I'm telling you, this goes always, this reached from, from Nimrod from approximately 3500 BC all the way up even through Norse mythology with Thor and Odin and Frigga and Loki. Come on, y'all. And Ugarit 
and Hebrew, Baal's epithet, as the storm god, was he who rides on the clouds. In Phoenician, he was called Baal Shaman, Lord of the Heavens. Knowledge of Baal's personality and functions derives chiefly from a number of tablets uncovered from 1929 onward at Ugarat, modern Ras Shamra, in northern Syria, and dating to the middle of the second millennium BCE, to to the middle of the second era, second millennium BCE, over 2,000 years before the common era. Is where this Baal worship goes all the way back to. And mind you, y'all catch how Baal was known among the Phoenicians as the Lord of the Heavens. Where was this trick from called Jezebel? From Phoenicia. A Hittite. From Taiwanese right on, that whole area. The Gaza Strip. Reading on. Um, the tablets, although closely attached to the worship of Baal at, the, at, at his local temple, probably represent Canaanite belief generally. Fertility was in, envisaged in terms of seven-year cycles. Come on, y'all. In the mythology of Canaan, Baal, the god of life and fertility, Locked in mortal combat with Mott, the god of death and sterility. If all triumphed, a seven-year cycle of fertility would ensue. But if he were vanquished by Mott, seven years of drought and famine would ensue. Ugaritic Ugaritic text tell of another fertility aspect of other fertility aspects of Baal, such as his relations with Anath, his consort and sister. He also is siring a divine bull calf from a heifer. He sires. He has sex with a divine bull and had a divine bull from a heifer, from a cow. Bestiality. But the bull but all worship is connected with the bull. What is it that the Israelites made coming out of Egypt? That golden calf, a bull. Matter of fact, what do they even call Wall Street? New York City, the stock exchange, the bull market. Dealing with what? Prosperity. Dealing with the exchange of slaves for money, for wealth. All this was part of his fertility role, which, when fulfilled, meant an abundance of crops and fertility for animals and mankind. The love of money, the love of wealth, the abundance of crops, fertility and crops and fertility for animals and mankind, as well as for the drugs, for the plants turned into drugs. That's what Ahab was doing. Where he get that from? Jezebel, who was a whisperer of Baal, going all the way back to Nimrod. The abundance, having a lot. 
I, I, I want us to be able to relate how the mind of Christ, the mind of God, he tells us that in the Lord's, Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. When we came, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they were given manna how often? Daily. And then on Friday night, uh, coming to the Sabbath, they were given a double portion. Being provided for. That's the mindset of God, to be content with what you got. He's taking care of things. But for these other gods, Baal, if I don't see a certain amount of money in my bank account, if I don't see my, where I'm saving for a rainy day, so this is, I, 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 this just kind of hit me. Why would this, why would I even be caught? See, today it, it, it would be considered wisdom. Saving up for a rainy day. Saving up for a rainy day. We're reading right here that part of the Baal worship, going back to Nimrod, is that all this was part of his fertility role, which when fulfilled meant an abundance of crops and fertility for animals and mankind for seven years. Didn't they build the tower so that in, in case it rains, they all wouldn't be destroyed again? They're going to build themselves up so they won't be scattered? I'm going to have enough st- stacked up so that I can see that I'm going to be okay for that rainy day? For in case God be tripping? Come on, y'all. I've covered Nimrod worship. I think going to ball with, I've covered Nimrod worship. How Nimrod said, you're responsible for your own happiness. <laughs> That you take you you make your own destiny. It's by your will. It's by what you want. It's by your own your own self determination. I'm 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 sitting here, brothers and sisters, and I'm 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 getting floored. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. What's the first tattoo he had on his arm? Wasn't that the rum of bull? And didn't he have that song about um, you got to be strong, you can't be stopped? I know, I know, I know. Uh, 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 the boxer had had something similar, Roy Jones Jr. But the rock was about is about determination, it's about drive, it's about will. And nigga, you had it, you you've had this whole time that Brahma Bull tattoo. On your on your on your arm, you get another tribal tattoos and everything also. But you started with that Brahma bull, the bull. Reading on with this theme of Baal worship from the Britannic Encyclopedia. But Baal was not exclusive exclusively a fertility god. He was also king of the gods, and to achieve that position, he was portrayed as seizing the divine kingship from. Yam, the sea god. The myths also tell of Baal's struggle to obtain a palace comparable in grandeur to those of other gods. 
He wanted to obtain a, a, a palace comparable to other, in grandeur to other gods. That gaining, I got to have more so that I can show that I'm, 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 I'm equivalent. I'm on the same level. I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, I am somebody. Being very materialistic, the level of money, having to gain more. And now if you don't have enough that your, your, your self-esteem ain't there, do we see how this is penetrated to, to us to this very – this mindset is with our people to this very day, trying to keep up with the Joneses? I'm going past two hours, y'all. But all pers- uh, persuaded uh, Asherah to intercede with her husband, El, the head of the Pantheon, to authorize the construction of a palace. The god of arts and, and crafts, Kothar, then proceeded to build for Baal, the most beautiful of palaces, which spread over an area of 10,000 acres. The myth may refer in part to the construction of Baal's own temple in the city of Ugarit. Near Baal's temple was that of Dagon, given to the tablets of Baal's father. Brothers and sisters, I'm not going to get to it today, but do you, you know that Ahab, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to go past the two, the two hours. Do you know that Ahab had a, a, a palace of ivory built? A palace of ivory. That that's actually the palace that was next to Naboth, the, the field that Naboth owned was right next to Ahab's pal, ivory palace. Come on, y'all. The worship of Baal was popular in Egypt. From the Latin New Kingdom in about 1400 BCE to its end in 1075 BCE. Through the influence of the Armenians who borrowed the Babylonian pronunciation of Bel, the god ultimately became known as the Greek Belos, identified with Zeus. And what was going on at Ephesus and Thyatira, at Galatia and, and Pergamos, and in, the, in all of Europe and Asia? Wasn't that the worship of Zeus? Going back to Baal? Going back to Baal? Going back to Nimrod? What made the very name Baal, uh, Asenina, to the Israelites was the program of Jezebel. In the 9th century BCE, to introduce into Israel the Phoenician cult of Baal in opposition to the official worship of Yahweh from 1st chapter 18. By the time of the prophet Hosea, around mid-18th century BCE, the antagonisms to the bull, hold up, um, okay, what made the very name Baal anathema Anathema to the Israelites was the program of Jezebel in the 9th century BCE to introduce into Israel her Phoenician cult of Baal in, in opposition to the official worship of Yahweh. I'm going to jump now. When we go to uh, the ArmstrongInstitute.org. I want you to the armstronginstitute.org, or y'all can look this up. It might be a little easier. 
Zeus, Baal, and a rare bronze bull idol discovered in Greece. The connection with Zeus and Baal and a rare bronze bull idol discovered in Greece. Y'all can look this up. It's here for us. The Zeus and Baal worship and a rare bronze bull idol discovered in Greece. I'm reading this from this website from the Armstrong Institute. The bull was a valuable physical animal to Greece and was religiously symbolic, particularly in the worship of Zeus. It is one of the symbols of the god. The myth of Europa, for example, relates Zeus's transformation into a bull. The Zeus bull connection goes even further, however, to one of the most infamous deities in the Bible, Baal. That's because Zeus is the Greek equivalent of the Canaanite Phoenician god Baal. In the same way that the Roman Jupiter is the latter equivalent of Zeus. The pantheons of the Mediterranean and Middle East are indelibly linked, derivative, and easily traceable. In such manner, we see names including Zeus Belos, the Zeus Baal, and Jupiter Belos. Zeus and Baal were respected in the various regions as thunder gods and were often depicted armed with a fiery thunderbolt. Bull worship and sacrifice related to Baal features throughout the Bible. In Judges chapter 6, describes Gideon destroying an altar and grove of Baal and capturing the bulls at the site. In 1 Kings chapters 12 through 13, describes the official establishment of paganism, of pagan Israelite worship, before calves. This is done with Jeroboam. Also, note in Exodus chapter 32. I, I guess I got to do this right now. Finish him. Finish him. Going back now to the generative, generative AI right, from Google. Zeus was worshipped in a variety of ways, including music and hymns. People played musical instruments and sang hymns to Zeus in their temples. Prayers. Ancient Greeks prayed on their feet with their hands up to the sky. How many black churches do, do I think about 
when people are getting stirred up to a frenzy, the music is playing, the organ is really going off, people are running around having conniption fits, and people are they, they up, they get, they stomping with their feet, hands waved to the air, shaking, um, like a Polaroid picture, screaming and yelling. You is, do you really think that's how David did things? Do you think that's how when Christ went to the synagogue, that that's what Christ was doing when the Holy Spirit, when, when Christ got baptized? Do you I really think that when the Holy Spirit descended upon him, that he just started stomping and jumping up and down with his hand raised to the heaven, screaming like a lunatic? And Christ did call somebody a lunatic. That that. If we was to go and read and get the visual of of the lunatic spirit that Christ said, told Satan to come out of a person, the things they were doing would look just like somebody catching the Holy Spirit in the church today, the so-called Holy Spirit in the church today. And Christ called a lunatic. So with this Zeus worship, there were prayers. Where ancient Greeks prayed on their feet with their hands up to the sky, with music and hymns. The people played musical instruments and sang hymns to Zeus. Festivals. The Dysoteria Festival featured a procession and sacrifices of bulls to Zeus and other divinities. You know, like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. No, that can't be it, huh? No. Christmas Day parades. How about when athletes do something real champion? They they do something athletic like and become good at it. Is there not a procession throughout the city? But no, that's just because the Spurs are that good, huh? No, that's because New England had 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 uh, 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 Tom Brady and uh, Belichick. We just want to go ahead and throw flowers at these heroes. I mean, I mean, at these athletes. And have them wave to the people. And it's just Mardi Gras. It's a chance for a woman to let go of her inhibitions, and she shows if she shows me her titties, she'll get some beads, and let's stay drunk on Fat Tuesday. Let's just go there. Oh, but no, that's supposed to be Roman Catholic games. Oh, did I say did I mention athletes? Oh, part of the Zeus worship included games. The Olympic Games were held every four years at Olympia to honor Zeus, and 100 oxen were sacrificed to him at the end of each Games. Altar carvings. People carved one of God's sacred divine names on a stone altar. Sacred sites. The oak tree 
and the summits of mountains were sacred to Zeus. Sacrifices. Sacrifices consisted of white bulls, cows, and goats. Other ways that Zeus was worshipped include playing musical instruments, singing hymns, carving one of God's sacred divine names on a stone altar, participating in the Dissoteria Festival, participating in the Monachia Regatta, praying on their feet with their hands up to the sky, visiting mountaintop shrines. Now, you might ask, because I did, what is the dis, dis, Dissoteria? What is that? Well, I asked Google, the generative AI. The Dissoteria was an Attic festival in ancient Greece held around the 14th day of the month, June. Uh, they call it uh, Scorpophino, Scorpophirion, which is June today. It honored Zeus, Soda, and Athena, Sotira. The festival included a procession, sacrifice of bulls to various divinities, including Zeus and Athena, a uh, regatta, a sacrifice to Zeus as savior performed by city magistrates on the last day of the month of the year. It wasn't just a religious thing, it was a political thing. So, coming back now to, I'm going back now to the Britannica Encyclopedia about Baal worship. I'm starting the paragraph where it says, what made? So going back to the Encyclopedia Britannica under Baal, I'm jumping down to the paragraph where it says, what made the very name Baal and Anthema to the Israelites was the program of Jezebel in the 9th century BCE to introduce into Israel her Phoenician cult of Baal in opposition to the official worship of Yahweh. The antagonism to I'm sorry. There was more for I jumped too soon. There was more information about Zeus and Baal worship. He was widely worshipped in ancient Greece and possessed numerous shrines and sanctuaries. Many of these were located on hilltops or mountain peaks sites where offerings were traditionally made to the rain-bringing God. He was also worshipped privately at small household shrines. How many people, well, just to throw it out there, you have the Catholic Church, but then people have their own little shrine rooms at, at home. Just saying. The Zeus cult in ancient Greek religion. The Zeus cult in ancient Greek religion. Okay. Where did I get this from? Copy.
This is from uh, thegreekmythology.com. Uh, what I'm about to read from now is from thegreekmythology.com, the Zeus cult number one, ancient Greek religion. All right, that's what I'm going to read from right now. Zeus cult number one, ancient Greek religion. According to the Olympic myths, Zeus wanted to marry his mother, Rhea. After Rhea refused to marry him, Zeus turned into a snake and raped her. She had uh, Persephone with Zeus. Zeus raped his mother, Rhea. Zeus being the bull is also directly tied to Baal which is tied to Nimrod these are part of the orgies and part of the things that were taking place for why you would need to be so high so inebriated uh, in dealing with fertility why you have the bisexual parties uh, orgies why men and women will wear a lot of makeup so you couldn't tell who or what you were um, dealing with um, and the incest and then with Rhea or mythology from Wikipedia um, and you can look that up I'm not going to go into that uh, I'm Brothers and sisters, please look this up. And me trying to tie, show the, the connection between Nimrod and, and Zeus and this bull worship. Look up a winged, a, a winged man-headed bull. I'm asking y'all please look that up. A winged man, man-headed bull. It's a winged man-headed bull. So it's a bull, there's a bull but it's got the head of a man and it has wings. All right? The winged man-headed bull. And you look it up, and it's, it's a winged man-headed bull. Nimrod is in the British Museum. A winged man-headed bull. Nimrod is in the British Museum. Black and white uh, Latin slide comparing image of the statue of Nimrod housed in the British Museum. All right. Now, when you go to the two Babylons by Alexander Hislop, which which I've been we've been going over, I've been going over, Tess Files been going over, the two Babylons by Alexander Hislop. Um, looking at figures uh, thirty six, symbols of Nimrod and Baal Barith. All right. He's got this compiled in his in his book, and it's figure thirty six. And you can, just, you can do the, the Google search also for the two Babylons, symbols of Nimrod and Baal Barith. And you can, you can pull this up. If you don't have access to the book, of this, the days of the Internet, the days of, of, of access is there. It says from Brian, the first figure. And what it has is, is two pictures. It's, it's two coins. The coin on the left is... There's a coin. There's a looks like it's a bull that's been chopped in half. 
but it's got the head of a man, and there's a fish above it. And the next one is a coin. It's got a, like a giant fish with, with a woman on top of it and a palm tree growing out the top of, or a tree growing out of the fish. All right? That's what these two ancient coins are that Alexander Hislop has. Hislop has. That you, that you, it's a visual you need to see. All right? Again, symbols of Nimrod and Baal Barit. You can look this up under Alexander Hislop in a Google search. I'm reading. The first figure, the divided bull, is from volume three, page 303. The second, the god on the fish, from the same volume, page 338. The former is just another symbol of that which is represented by the mighty tree cut asunder. So the, tr- the coin on the right with this fish and this woman on top of the fish and this tree growing up out of the fish, an evergreen tree growing out of the fish, it, just rep- it, it represents Christmas and Lady Day. All right? That, the, that, that tree represented Nimrod as the mighty one cut in pieces in the midst of his power and glory. We've been covering this also that Nimrod was a mighty conqueror. He was mighty, but then he died. In order for his wife to keep to remain in power, she claimed that she was that her husband's spirit impregnated her with a divine child named Tammuz, and that when they cut Nimrod's body to pieces, the only part that was found was his penis. And that represented the evergreen tree, the Nimrod tree. And that gifts of silver and gold would be brought to this tree in honor of the power of Nimrod so that his wife, Ceramesis, could stay in power, that he was still there. His spirit was so powerful, he was still there. That's where we get the legend of the Christmas tree from. So that tree represented Nimrod, Nimrod as the mighty one, cut in pieces in the midst of his power and glory. The divided man bull symbolizes as the prince who was cut asunder in like manner. For the name for a prince and a bull is the same. The fish over the bull shows the transformation he was supposed to undergo when put to death by his enemies. For the story of uh, Melikitira, who with his mother, Aino, was cast into the sea and became a sea god. From Smith's Bible Dictionary, Athamus, page 100. It's just another version of the story of Bacchus. For Aino was the foster mother of Bacchus. From Smith's Bible Dictionary, Dionysus, page 226. I'm going to leave it there, brothers and sisters. I'm going to leave this right here to be picked up on on Wednesday. The ones I say the same. But it's just, it's, 
I, I, I'm at a loss of words. Right now, I'm at a loss of words. Yeah, even when I, as I compile this information, I bring it out, it really we have me on the floor. And to try and contain myself to be able to bring it out, hopefully for your edification, for your information, for your, for, for your understanding. Uh, of understanding Romans chapter 15, verse 4, that things written in the fourth time, they definitely were written for our learning. That we really do need to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Rightly dividing the word of truth. A workman who needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So that, brothers and sisters, I am going to end this fast for today. Um, tomorrow being Tuesday, uh, tomorrow being Tuesday, what's, the, what's going to be the day? The 14th, I believe it is. Tuesday the 14th. Um, the Brother Tuss Fox class is going to be at 7 p.m. tomorrow. It's not going to be at 10 Central Standard Time. It's going to start at 7 p.m. Uh, San Antonio, Texas time uh, for tomorrow evening. All right, so just be aware of that. All right, brothers and sisters, again, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, hopefully this is uh, – you're getting some, some, some education from this. You're getting some, some information from this. Um, you're getting some strength and confidence from, the, from these classes to know that, that to reject a lot of the ways of the world, to continue to reject the ways of the world, and to see how polluted and how filthy this place has become, that it really is the, the, the hold of every foul spirit and every unclean, of the, every unclean thing, just how, how extensive this really goes. And how the most high is trying to let me read that scripture. Let me read that scripture. Please go to uh Saint John chapter fifteen. I was gonna quote it, but I want to read it. Saint John chapter fifteen and verse three. Saint John chapter fifteen and verse three. And it says, This is from Jesus Christ, Yahweh Shai, the Son of God. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Let this clean us up, brothers and sisters. Let this clean us up. All right, so that we can be, we can be that, we can become those brides prepared for the wedding. That we're finally been cleaned up, wearing the white robes, that we really are righteous, that we really are clean through the word that's been preached unto us, that's been spoken unto us by the Most High. And His Son, Jesus Christ, Yahweh Shai. So with that, again, I'm going to end today's class, today's session with this right here. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Again, for uh, for uh, Talk Tuesdays, which will be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. And then I'll come back most times to the same, come back on Wednesday and continue with this, this topic that we're going over here. All right, so with that, uh, my name is Mishaba, and I would like, like to say Shalom.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.